Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and this is the Bengals Booth Podcast. The change is gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. Edition. As we look at Zach Taylor's decision to bench Andy Dalton after an 0-8 start and turn to rookie Ryan Finley as his starting quarterback when the Bengals return to action a week from Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. Coming up, you'll hear from four people. First, my broadcast partner Dave Lapham as he analyzes the big switch, shares his opinion of Ryan Finley, and looks back at what went wrong in the Bengals' 14-point loss in London to the L.A. Rams. You'll also hear from the two quarterbacks in the eye of the hurricane, the 24-year-old Finley and the 32-year-old Dalton. And finally, we'll hear from an expert uniquely qualified to weigh in on the decision, a former NFL quarterback who was Andy Dalton's teammate for two seasons in Cincinnati and a guy who was once in Ryan Finley's shoes when he was suddenly thrust into Tampa Bay's starting lineup as a rookie. I am speaking of... Bruce Gradkowski. All of that is straight ahead, but first, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. It's the greatest thing since organizing one's Halloween candy. It's Halloween morning. My son is 13, and for the first time in his life, it does not sound like he is going to go trick-or-treating. That's sad for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's growing up way too fast. And number two, I will miss seeing the organized piles of candy. That was my favorite part of Halloween as a kid. Getting home, dumping the bag of candy onto the floor, and then organizing it in small piles, hoping for stacks of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and Kit Kats and quickly discarding all mounds and almond joys due to the dreaded presence of coconut. One of the true joys of childhood, parenthood, and profitable dentistry, the organized piles of Halloween candy. Now let's get to football. I was hired by the Bengals to be their radio announcer on May 4, 2011, less than a week after they selected Andy Dalton with a 35th pick in the NFL draft. I get the credit, or blame, depending on how you feel about it, for coining the nickname, the Red Rifle. When he's been healthy, Andy has been the starting quarterback for every game that I've called. I have the utmost respect for him as a player and as a person. In my opinion, Andy never received enough credit for inheriting a team that went 4-12 the year before he got there and taking it to the playoffs in each of his first five seasons. Additionally, he and his wife JJ have been incredibly giving to families facing serious medical challenges. He is one of the classiest athletes I have ever had the pleasure of covering. So I'll admit it, I was shocked when I saw the news on Tuesday. I thought it might happen at some point, but didn't see it happening now. When I sat down for this week's conversation with my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham, I asked if he was shocked by the news as well. I'm not sure I was shocked, but I was definitely surprised. Um, but we talked about it before. I thought if they were going to make that move, the bye week would make sense to do it because you have the extra week of Ryan Finley working with the number ones. He's, he's had no reps with A.J. Green if he's back. 
Um, he's had no reps with – basically, he's had reps with uh, Damian Willis, Stanley Morgan, guys like that. Reps not with Tyler Boyd and guys that are going to, you know, have been playing uh, um, earlier in the season with Andy Dalton and him getting all those number one reps. So I think that was a big, big factor in the in the decision-making process. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough for Andy Dalton. There's no question about it. I've said it a few times. I'm going to say it again. You know, I think that uh, organizationally, as a group, they let Andy Dalton down more than he let the organization down. Lap Ryan was a fourth-round draft pick. He had a passer rating of 99.3 in the preseason. What do you think of him based on what you saw during training camp and in those preseason games? In the beginning of training camp, I was scratching my head a little bit. Didn't look, didn't look like, oh, man, fourth-round pick so high on him. He wasn't playing real well, um, but took coaching point to change his footwork. And once he did that, I mean, he took off and started playing really well. The thing I like best about him as a former offensive lineman is his ability to manipulate the pocket. He'll sidestep. He'll uh, step up in the pocket, um, you know, climb it at just the right time. It's almost like he has eyes in the back of his head, and those are instincts that you really can't coach. He has a tremendous feel for that kind of thing. And I think um, that was one of the big problems, I think, that they had with Andy is that that not just mobility, you know, getting out of pocket, extending, creating, but within the pocket even, the mobility wasn't there. And, you know, he was, um, you know, he was just basically um, a little bit shell-shocked. You know, I think, I think his clock had been readjusted and wasn't showing any signs of, of change in that. And that's one of the big reasons I think they made the move to Ryan Finley to see if he can negotiate and manipulate the pocket a little bit better. Lap, the Bengals played Baltimore a couple of weeks ago and did not score an offensive touchdown until there was a minute and 28 seconds to go. How difficult is it going to be for a rookie quarterback to face that defense in his first NFL start? Coach Martindale, the defensive coordinator, is a blitz master. Um, Finley is going to see blitzes that he never knew existed. He's going to see every blitz known to mankind. And a little over a year ago, the home opener on Thursday Night Football, Andy Dalton torched it torched it. He and A.J. Green combined for three touchdown receptions in a quarter and a half, or less than a quarter and a half. And uh, Martindale wink blinked. You know, he, he didn't blitz anymore for a, a myriad of plays, a, a good number of plays. Hadn't seen it before out of Baltimore. So I hope Andy can impart some of that knowledge, you know, to Ryan Finley in terms of pre-snap reads, a feel for it. But that I think that's Andy's biggest strength is really – uh, predicting blitzes based on what he sees pre-snap. He's very hard to fool. He's seen everything. Ryan Finley has not. That experience level is going to be something that you can only get by taking snaps out on the football field. Andy Dalton's not going to be able to drill a hole and pour Andy Dalton's knowledge into Ryan Finley's head. But uh, he's going to be you know, helping him as much as he possibly can on that sideline. We'll see how it rolls. I went back and looked at every time the L.A. Rams faced third and eight or longer in last week's game in London. They converted on four of six opportunities when it was third and eight or longer with gains of 21, 23, 20, and 40. That's unbelievable to me. Was it a lack of pass rush? Is that a bad scheme? How does that happen? I think it's everything. You know, the one that galls me the most, third and 10 from your own two-yard line, you give up a 20-yard run. You've got to be kidding me. Absolutely got to be kidding me. So I think all of it, you know, I, I think uh, everybody's looking at themselves during this bye week and looking in the mirror and saying, man, what, what can we do? I mean, a lot of times in the coverages, there was terrible discipline in the back end of zone coverages. 
Guys were getting guys were getting their eyes were being downhill looking at crossers and shallower routes while things behind them were developing and you, you just can't have those kind of things because Dan as we saw it wasn't just they found a little opening in a zone they found a cavern they found the Grand Canyon <laughs> I mean sometimes when you'd look there'd be nobody within 10 yards of any direction of them and it's like how the hell can that be you know Cooper Cup lit them up but a teacup, a coffee cup would have done the same thing. It didn't have to be Cooper <laughs> Cup. I mean, there was, there was, it was so unbelievably wide open down the football field. Even one time when Lou Ryan Rumo called the um, double team on Cup, Sean Williams goes airborne too early. You know, he makes a contested catch. It was like, it, it, was, it was amazing. But the one, that, the one that really, really threw me was from your own two-yard line. As a former lineman, offensive lineman, I'm thinking, man, if you bust a 20-yard run on third and 10, from your own two-yard line, you got to feel pretty damn good about how that game is going to unfold. According to our buddy Jay Morrison from The Athletic, the Bengals used two tight ends and a season-high 18 snaps against the Rams that matched their total in the previous three games combined. How much did multiple tight ends help the running game? I think it did help it. Guys we talked to in the post-game you know, locker room uh, show were saying that they were having a hard time matching up initially. They caught him in some nickel looks, you know, and with the with the big bodies. Michael Jordan was the extra lineman, quote, tight end, you know, on some of those occasions, and, and they they creased him a little bit. Um, so the Rams the Rams didn't expect it, and they caught him in some favorable matches matchups to run the football, and and even up the numbers game in the box as such. Um, but then as the game wore on, you know, now you're you're fighting from behind again, and if they could play with a lead. You know, have have a lead for doesn't have to be a huge lead, just a lead. <laughs> Things would be so different, you know, for them. They could continue to you know run the football with multiple tight end looks and, and a lot of these things. Uh, but man, you get down, you know, a score plus in the second half of football games in the National Football League, that becomes very difficult, particularly when your defense was hemorrhaging like they were, you know, on, like we talked about on third and longs and things of that nature. Uh, so you know, a, as a play caller on both sides of the football. When you're having struggles like that, it's like the defense of coordinators thinking, what do, I, what do I call not only the best call for my defense, but to make sure that I help the offense as much as I can. And the offense coordinator is thinking the same thing for the defense, you know, trying to play complimentary football. When you get caught in that crosshair, it's brutal. It's hard enough to make calls just for your side of the football. But when you have to try to factor in, you know, both sides of the football that are having their issues in certain areas, man, that's a tough time. It's a tough scenario to find the right play call it really is the Bengals did not make any trades before the Tuesday deadline I do think there's a misconception that that means they blew their chance to acquire extra draft picks they can still do that in the offseason and honestly I think they will did they lose a chance to get maximum value I honestly don't know the answer to that question but do you think the current players appreciate the fact that there wasn't a fire sale I do think they do appreciate that fact, um, but if I'm a current player, when Zach Taylor made the move that he made uh, with Andy Dalton, that signals to me it can happen to any of us. That's the most significant move to make, changing out your starting quarterback. And past experiences tell me when they change out the starting quarterback, there's a couple of other shoes going to fall. They may, they may have already decided to make other changes that haven't been announced yet in terms of uh, lineups and personnel and amount of playing time. Because, man, if you, if you do that at the quarterback position, nothing sacred, 
There's nothing that you, you know, there's, there's nothing, nothing that says that can't happen to me. So the message has been sent. Buckle it up, buttercup, because, <laughs> you know, you could be next. And, um, and, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with that part of it. Uh, so there, there weren't trades. So guys, you know, are thinking, well, you know, there's nobody that's going to be taking my job by trade. But when they made the move they made, to me, you better go out and re-earn your job during the bye week because every position's wide open if they made that move at the quarterback position. We get to spend some time every week with Zach Taylor working on his TV show, and you tape a, a weekly segment for the radio pregame show with him. How do you think he's holding up? I, I think the Cordy Glenn thing is wearing him out. You know, I think that's the, that's the one variable that is, is – I mean, it's football-related – but it's not, you know, X's and O's related and that sort of thing. Am I making the right calls? My scheme proper? All those kind of things. That that's just a different dynamic. And in that that kind of thing, and in handling the minefield of the media aspect of it, and um, the collective bargaining agreement with the players' association aspect of it, it's it is going to wear you out. And I think that he handled he's handled it well, you know. But I, there's no way in my mind it hasn't had an impact on him. Um, but he's handled the injury part of it, and you know Jonah Williams, AJ Green, the 11th pick of the draft, the fourth pick of the draft when he came out, best player on your team. You lose your left tackle, and before training camp starts, your best player 45 minutes into training camp, like we talked about ad nauseum. I mean, that's 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 brutal stuff, and he, you know, handles it like you know it's a blip on the screen. To me, my screen would be shattered, man. I, I would have been like. <laughs> Suicidal, you know. I mean, it's, he's handled it very well. I think he's uh, handled, uh, you know, his media obligations with the fans, you know, admirably. What he's got to make sure of is, you know, he's. I think he still has the locker room. I don't think he's lost the locker room, but at some point there has to be validation to what you're doing. And when I when I watch the offense now, as opposed to what I saw in OTAs and training camp in Seattle, the Seattle game. Like, what happened to it? Where is it? You know, and I know there's obviously player issues with injury, but, man, when I, when I first watched that offense, and A.J. Green was involved, you know, in, in the OTAs and minicamp, I'm like, God, this is going to be unbelievable. I was watching Rams part de, you know, and then in, against Seattle, same thing. Man, there was misdirection motion and quick sh- slant short time. I'm like, this is, this is going to be fun. You know, maybe you start to run the ball. No, can't run the ball, and a lot of stuff's gone away. It, the the offense right now is a shell of itself, and maybe with the bye week and getting some bodies back, you know, like AJ, and then hopefully, you know, not too far behind is John Ross, and uh, you know, the, the whole thing, the whole dynamic can change. Uh, you know, back to what they were a little bit, but uh, you know, got to get some linemen uh, back healthy as well. You know, Andre Smith, John Miller. If Cordy decides he wants to play, you know, if he goes out there, that big old son of a gun is a moving condo. He can play. He just decide, has to decide he wants to play and contribute. To me, I don't, know, I don't know how you look at your teammates when they've been struggling as badly as they've been struggling at the left tackle position, and not once have you had said, I'm stepping up, I'm going to do something about it. Not once, not even close. I don't know how you look your teammates in the eye. Now time to hear from the Bengals' new starting quarterback. Ryan Finley is 6'4 and a slender 207 pounds, so he is two inches taller and about 15 pounds lighter than Andy Dalton. 
He was 25-14 and 14 as a starter at NC State, where he completed nearly 65% of his passes, second best in school history to Phillip Rivers. Now he gets an earlier-than-expected shot to show what he can do in the NFL. Ryan sat down with Lapp and me to discuss his opportunity. Ryan, I imagine when you got the news, it had to be kind of a shock. Yeah, um, you know, wasn't expecting it uh, yesterday morning, but um, excited for the opportunity. I guess um, the, the timing of it with the bye week, you having two full weeks to work with the number ones, you know, get a rhythm and timing and reps with yeah. the number ones, mm-hmm. that uh, seemed to make a lot of sense. In your mind, does that give you a feeling of, uh, you know, geez, at least I got a little more time to get ready for this? Yeah, I, I, that, that's huge for me, I think. And uh, I think you nailed it. That's that's kind of how I view it in my mind is, uh, you know, just the more days to kind of get my mind right, get reps with, with the, those guys that I haven't thrown too much, um, you know, get get with get with Trey uh, and get snaps. And, and so I think, you know, having a bye week is, is, is big. So I was, I was thankful um, that it happened at this time. Yep. We're visiting with Ryan Finley. You performed well. In your preseason opportunities, you had a passer rating of 99.3. Does that give you confidence going into your first regular season start? Yeah, it does. I think, um, you know, that's just something I can look back on uh, and have have confidence in. And, um, you know, I just did my best to execute football plays. And that's kind of the mindset I'm taking right now. So, um, you know, kind of simplify it uh, and, and make it. Don't make it as much as it is and just kind of execute football plays and uh, convert on third downs and you get into the red zone, score points. And I think that's kind of where it all starts. Baltimore is known to have every blitz known to man in their arsenal. And uh, Andy Dalton has done a, a pretty good job of, of uh, sorting it out, you know, seeing things almost like before they happen, pre-snap, post-snap, and making real good decisions that way. Obviously, you guys are good friends. You're both highly intelligent. You're going to lean on his experiences and his intelligence to help you prepare for this one? Yes, yes. Uh, he, Andy's obviously Andy's very good with that. Um, you know, being in the league for as long as he's been in, and Alex is very good with that. Um, so, you know, I'm going to do my best. Uh, if I need to, I'll look over to the sideline, and Andy can signal to me what, what we need to get to, or something like that. But uh, you know, that's just something um, I'm not going to learn it until I just get thrown out there and I just um, you know get hit with live bullets, and then I'll. Uh, you know, Alex will coach off it, and I'll be able to uh, I'll be able to learn. You know, so I, I have confidence in my ability to pick it up, uh, but it's one of those things where it's uh, it's different watching it on film and then get out there and actually having to having to do it. So um, that's definitely something that I'll uh, be thinking about a lot uh, over the you know over the course of the week and uh, preparing for. Ryan, you strike me as someone who kind of follows the rookie playbook, where you come in, you keep your mouth shut, you work hard, you pay attention, uh, you, you try to just. Let your actions do the talking. As a quarterback, can you do that now when you step into the starting role? Um, I don't see why not. Uh, you know, I think I've had um, I've had practice uh, with this type of situation uh, in college, and I think I'm thankful for some of the experiences that I've had in college. So I can can lean back on that. But uh, you know, like I said earlier, it's about just executing plays, uh, and that's that's kind of how I see it. That's how I. Um, kind of visualize myself being out there is just um, doing what the coaches ask and if the ball, you know, if it's a curl flat and the, he sinks underneath the curl, throw it to the flat. So it's kind of just simplify it uh, for me. And that's how I kind of uh, get into a rhythm uh, of, of a game. So uh, that's what I hope to do. I guess as a follow-up to that, 
um, how do you classify yourself as a leader? Are you a guy that leads by example? Are you a guy that's a, you know, an emotional rah-rah guy? Are you a guy that's like, I'm going to let my play speak for itself? I, what what type of leader can we expect out of Ryan Finley? Um, I I don't I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna define my my leadership. I think uh, I think leadership is just when it's needed, it's given, um, and I think uh, it's it's a lot of times it's needed in a lot of different ways uh, according to the circumstance and the situation. Um, but right now, I think, uh, like I said, you know, my, my goal is to just play quarterback at a, at a high level. Uh, and I think it, it starts with that. Um, and then, um, you know, everything else comes after that. But, uh, with that being said, I think, you know, bringing energy, uh, and, and some juice and some competitive spirit is never a bad thing ever. So, um, that's kind of what I plan on doing, just bringing energy, um, and juice to practice and making it competitive. Um, and then, um, and then after that, just executing. We're visiting with Ryan Finley. There are rookie quarterbacks having a lot of success right now from the number one overall pick, Kyler Murray, right down to Gardner Minshew. Mm -hmm. Why do you think rookies are able to step in and play well right away? I I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know. It, you know, they got their mind right, and um, they have confidence in themselves. And, uh, you know, the stage wasn't too big for them, and they just kind of came in and uh, had confidence in their innate abilities and kind of just, um, you know, I don't know. One thing as a former lineman that impressed me about you right away is the eyes in the back of the head kind of thing where you'll slide step, you'll climb the pocket. I mean, you manipulate the pocket exceptionally well. Is that something that you've always had? Has that just been an instinct thing from Jump Street even in high school? Is it something that developed over time? How, how, did that, how did that, has that occurred? Um, I, d I don't know. I think it's just uh, – you know, it's just a part of my game that I have confidence in uh, and kind of just, like you said, just kind of manipulating the pocket. Um, and that's kind of my game, you know. So my game is to kind of just, um, you know, have good pocket awareness and know when to take off and know when to be smart and just kind of go through my progression and, uh, you know, kind of whatever the defense gives me, that's what I'm going to take. So uh, that's just kind of what I'm good at. I don't, I don't know. I think I've, I've obviously worked on it a lot. Um, there's a lot of things you can do, but um, just, you know, a lot of preparation, a lot of work over time. What are the next 10 days going to be like for you? Are you going to be in front of that iPad studying nonstop, or will you just kind of follow a normal routine and trust what's worked for you before? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've played in a lot of football games, uh, and that's, that's kind of the way I see it in my mind. And, you know, I'll just I'll get into uh, – I'm sure I'll fall into maybe a slightly different routine than I've had um, the last, you know, eight, nine weeks, but um, not too different. You know, a lot of the same things will apply and, um, you know, probably watch the maybe a little bit more film, but not not much more. I mean, I think uh, I think once you kind of get a there's a, a point where, you know, you've watched plenty. Uh, and then at that point, you just got to go out and you got to execute and you just got to let your uh, kind of let your body take over uh, and just uh, have the right mindset going in. So I know you and Andy are great friends. And you're similar type guys, both extremely intelligent guys. The, the IQ in that quarterback room is, is pretty staggering. There's no question about it. Do you plan on, um, over this next 10 days, when he's comfortable with it, leaning on him? You guys watch tape together. And I'm, I'm not saying bore a hole in your head and have Andy pour knowledge into it or whatever, but do you, do you anticipate Andy will be there for you as kind of like a, a tutor as such to, to get you up to speed as quickly as possible? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I trust me. Any, any help Andy's going to give me, I'm going to take. Uh, and you know, he's he's played this game at a high level for a long time, um, and so I don't take that lightly at all. So um, 
you know, he's, he, he's, he's mentioned to me that uh, he doesn't want our relationship to change. And that, that meant a lot to me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, he will, I guess, tutor me uh, is, is an interesting word. But, I, you know, I, I hope he does. And I hope he, uh, he'll, he'll help me. And I'm sure he will. You mentioned the number of games you've played in college. And, you know, you're an experienced rookie as mm-hmm. such. I mean, you, you've got a lot of snaps. Some of these rookie quarterbacks that are succeeding don't have the you know, the, the volume of plays that, you, that you've had. Mm-hmm. And maybe even in different systems, being in two different places and adapting you, you know, to that. The college game is filtering down to the NFL. It's, it's, it's coming from the college to the NFL, not the NFL to college. And I think that's what's, what's helping. Have you noticed that? Is that something that, uh, that with Zach's offense, there's some similarities to what you've done in college and it's an easier transition? Um. Yeah, yeah, I guess just regarding um, my own college situation, um, I think there's a lot of similarities uh, with just, um, you know, being under center. It's thankful, really thankful to just get under center work in college. That was that was huge for me. Uh, and sending fly motions and handing off jet sweeps and, and that kind of stuff. So that helped me a lot um, for, for Zach's offense, and I think uh, we'll just kind of continue to build on it. So there's definitely a lot of similarities with, with what I did in college and what we're doing now. Now time to hear from Andy Dalton. His tenure with the Bengals, at least so far, peaked in 2015 when he led the team to an 8-0 start and was in the MVP conversation before breaking his thumb when Cincinnati was 10-2 and the number one seed in the AFC playoff race. That year, Andy led the conference in passer rating at 106.3, and after the season, his peers chose him as the 35th best player in the league in the NFL Network's annual Top 100 survey. Unfortunately, things have spiraled downhill since, and for now, he's a backup quarterback for the first time since high school. Lapp and I were among a group of reporters who spoke to Dalton in front of his locker on Wednesday. What have the last 24 hours been like, Andy? Uh, Weird, different, uh, not what I was expecting. It's um, not how you thought the birthday was going to go, <laughs> um, but you know it's it's an unfortunate situation. You know I I don't agree with it, but um, I mean Zach's making the decisions, and so um, I'm going to do my part. I'm here, um, and so um, I'm going to help Ryan out the best I can. What did he say? The reasoning behind the decision. Uh, he said he has to think about the future with the draft, and uh, we have to see what they have in Ryan. And so um, that's what it came down to. He, you know, it's been voiced to me. I was in no reason, you know, I wasn't the reason for the way the season has gone. I felt like I played well, and um, you know, have done some things to keep this team together in this stretch. But he just feels like he's got to figure out what they have in Ryan. So many players in this locker room look to you as such a big leader here. Um, what did you say to your teammates when they found out this news? Yeah, I um, you know, talked to everybody in the in the team meeting today and just said, uh, you know, I don't agree with the decision, but, you know, I'm here. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be the same guy that uh, that I've been since I've got here. You know, I've had been through a lot in the nine years that I've been here. I've done a lot for the city. My heart has been in this, in for this team, in for this city, and uh, I think a lot of people see that. And so, um, just letting everybody know that I'm, 
I'm going to be the same guy regardless of uh, the circumstance and uh, regardless of the situation that I'm in. But um, And to just kind of clear the air. Now, obviously, there's the awkwardness of, okay, do I say something to him? Do I not say something to him? Do we talk to him? Do we leave him alone? Just like, let's just get that behind us, you know. If you want to say something to me, say something to me. If not, don't. It's fine. I'm going to be okay. Because of the team's record, was there even a remote thought in your mind that they might do it just to shake things up? You know, I. it's hard to say. Um, you know, I felt like there's a lot of things that I did well and gave us a chance to win some of these games. And so, um, you know, and I've had a lot of conversations with Zach. You know, he even said that we've met after games. We've met uh, on numerous occasions. Uh, I've been in that that office way more than I've ever been in there, and just trying to figure out what we can do, what I can do, and um, you know, obviously he wants to head a different direction. Did you try to talk about it when you guys met? Did you try to you know say you know I don't? I, did you tell him you don't agree with him? Try to talk him out of it? Yeah, it's one of those things where he's not going to bring it to me. It's already been decided, you know. It's nothing I'm going to say is going to change anything. He obviously felt like it was the best thing to do for this team, even though I don't agree with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think anything I could have said would have talked him out of it. For sure. You know, I think just because of the unknown of everything. Um, I've been, had a lot of stability here. I've done a lot. And so to go through the stretch that we've gone through as a, you know, from a football standpoint and then to have this happen, that's one of those things you really have to, for me, I'm really relying on my faith, knowing that God has a plan for me and my family. And um, it's easy to say when things are good, but... And through times like this, you really have to lean on that and, and, and trust and believe it. Given that the news happened that Zach told you before the deadline, was there any thought of, I'd like to go somewhere else? Did you communicate that with them at all? Yeah, I, th- I think that's an unfortunate thing. I mean, it happened three hours before the trade deadline. You know, it's, I wish it would have at least, you know, if he was thinking about it, at least let me try to see if I could end up somewhere else or, uh, you know, at least – uh, see if there is interest in uh, possibly getting traded. At that point, the way it was all handled, I, there wasn't enough time to even um, even have that happen. Would you would you push that in this off season then to to look to go somewhere else? You know, right now I'm just focused on this year. Um, obviously, there's a lot to come in the, in the next eight weeks and beyond um, after this year. Um, I want to have an opportunity to play. I want to have an opportunity to be somewhere where I'm wanted and. Um, you know, if that's here, great. If that's not, then um, you know we'll we'll see. But right now, it's not my focus. My focus is just you know playing my role in this team. Ryan said you've been great. Ryan said that you told him you want the relationship to stay the same. Don't want it to change whatsoever. And um, he's looking forward to you know trying to absorb all the knowledge you have with respect to your football IQ and seeing the game and seeing the field. Are you up for that? Yeah, I. Uh, Ryan was one of the first people that I reached out to just to let them know like this has nothing to do with Ryan you know Ryan and I have been close ever since he's been here and we've built up a really good friendship and um, 
So I don't want Ryan to think that I have any ill will towards him. He didn't do anything wrong. All he did was, you know, be here and show up and do things the right way, and they want to give him an opportunity. And so, um, like I said, I'm going to help him out. I've seen a lot of football. We have a lot of division games coming up. I understand how all, our, all these defenses have played us and just their scheme and things. So, I mean, I'm – I'll, I'll help him from that standpoint. Did you voice that frustration with, with Duke or anybody in the front office and not Zach? Well, I, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to Duke or any, anybody, but uh, I know my agent was uh, you know, trying to figure out what we could do in those last uh, you know, remaining couple hours of, before the trade deadline. With the way everything went down, I've heard Rich Eisen say it, and even Zach said it to a certain extent. Did you deserve a better fate here? Yeah. It's one of those things where I've had a lot of good – you know, football years here. We've had a lot of good seasons. Um, can look back at all the playoff, you know, runs that we made, The um, just what we had to overcome to get there, this, you know, to start a season 8 no. I've been on the other side of it too. And so uh, I never envisioned it to kind of happen like this. I never thought that I'd be in this position. Um, and so... I wish it would have been different, absolutely. Because when Zach got hired here, it's like had a plan that we were going to get this thing turned around, we were going to get this thing going. And obviously that hasn't happened. There's been a lot of other things that have gone on that um, probably you know, have, have caused it to not be the way that, that, that we thought it was going to be and stuff that's been out of my control. And so it, that's unfortunate, but... You know, it's one of those things where I, if this is the end here, which I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the future holds, like I was saying. But, um, yeah, this is not how I had envisioned, envisioned it. What was your conversation like with A.J. Green? What was your conversation like with him? Yeah, it's, A.J.'s been one of my closest friends since since like we got here. Obviously, we got here together. We've been through this whole thing together. And so, um, you know, he's... Like you said, he understands everything. He's you know, AJ's got my back. You know, we're going to be friends for the rest of our lives. So, um, you know, it's it's tough to not have a guy like that out there when uh, when you're going through all this um, to not have your best player on the field. But you know, like I said, AJ's been very supportive of me. Andy was upset about the timing since it came so close to the trading deadline and some people think he was treated poorly and that the Bengals owed it to him to make a deal. I have a few thoughts on that topic. Number one, Zach Taylor made the move now because it's the bye week, giving Ryan Finley extra time to work with the number one offense. That happened to be the same week as the trade deadline. That was unfortunate timing. But more significantly, the only way it made sense for the Bengals to trade Dalton now is if there was a team really desperate for a quarterback that would pay maximum value. Who would that be? The Bears have been mentioned as a possible candidate, but are we sure the Bears are ready to punt Mitchell Trubisky, the number two pick in the 2017 draft, for a quarterback who currently has a lower passer rating. The Bears gave up four draft picks when they traded up to draft Trubisky. Do you really think they were going to give up a high pick to trade for Dalton? If the Andy Dalton era is over in Cincinnati, 
there will be a bigger market to trade him in the offseason. You would have to think almost any contender would want Andy as a backup quarterback, and there will likely be a few teams that would want him to compete to be their starter. Andy is under contract for one more season, so it's not like the Bengals are about to lose him to free agency. If the Dalton era is over in Cincinnati, there will be plenty of time to trade him for a draft pick in the offseason. Now time to hear from one more quarterback. In Andy Dalton's NFL debut, he had to exit in the second quarter when he injured his wrist against the Cleveland Browns. Enter backup Bruce Gradkowski, who rallied the Bengals to an opening day win by engineering a fourth quarter comeback that included the first touchdown catch of A.J. Green's career. After a long NFL career that included stops with the Buccaneers, Rams, Browns, Raiders, Bengals, and Steelers, Gradkowski is doing some broadcasting these days for Sirius NFL Radio and evaluating quarterback play for Pro Football Focus. He is uniquely qualified to discuss what went down in Cincinnati this week, and Bruce joined Lap and me on the Bengals Game Plan Show. I started our conversation by asking him his initial reaction to this week's news. You know, I wasn't surprised just for the fact of where the team is at as a whole. You know, you see these teams going through changes and trying to rebuild and do different things. And now if you're Cincinnati um, and the last few years haven't been the greatest, you have a new head coach, you really have to see where you're at as a football team. I mean, right now I don't think it's as much on Andy Dalton as it is as much as where do they go for the future? You know, is Finley a guy? Is he a viable guy? You know, is Andy still part of the mix or not? I mean, you look at it, guys. Andy's been sacked 29 times this year. He has 21 drop passes, and this is all from the pro football focus grades that I do that I do with the guys. And, um, you know, so it, it's not that he's getting much help out there. You know, he started with Muhammad Sanu, A.J. Green, Marvin Jones, and now those the, those weapons he, he has had in the past has diminished a little bit. And now when you get in that position, uh, as you as Andy Dolan is, you try to do more. You try to take more on your plate. You try to squeeze more throws in there. You try to feel like you have to save the world on every single snap. And then it starts to catch up to you. And then you have, you know, a few mistakes here and there that you want to take back. If you force football uh, in the tight coverage and things of that sort. And then you have miscommunication on routes. So it's a lot of things going on, as you guys see week in and week out. And I think you have to start the quarterback position because right now you do have to see what do we even have behind Andy and where are we going for the future? Because this is all in Zach Taylor's hands and he has to try to figure this out. Yeah, you make a bunch of excellent points there. To me, it's very simply every member of the organization, front office, coaching staff, and teammates have let Andy Dalton down more than he's let them down. He, As you know, I mean, the quarterback gets very little credit when it's going well and all the blame when it goes poorly. And for all the things you talked about, I mean, his right. supporting cast is nowhere near, you know, what it was. So, you know, they're, they're making a move, you know, and, and they're moving on. Um, my thing is, A.J. Green, if he comes back after the bye, Andy Dalton has not had A.J. Green all year. Right. So right. in comes Ryan Finley. He's got A.J. Green right off the bat. And now he won't have A.J. Green for 60 snaps, but A.J. Green for any snaps – that changes everything, and you're not comparing apples to apples anymore. How tough would that be, you know, if you were in Andy's shoes and, 
A.J. comes back, John Ross, some of these guys start coming, coming back from injury, and you're not the guy. How tough would that be to deal with? Oh, that, that's a tough pill to swallow because I look at Look, I played with Andy. I backed him up, and as a young guy coming in the league, he was ahead of the curve as far as understanding protection, right. under, understanding how he's blocked and w- what the O-linemen should do and the running backs and, you know, navigating through hand signals to the receivers to put the receivers in the proper routes to run. So you're not going to get better than Dalton right now. I mean, you're, you're really not. I mean, you know, yes, maybe you want to see what Finley has, but I don't expect much to change. I mean, it, you know, it's not like the play calling has been off the charts either. So, right, you, know, right. you know, so a lot of things play, play a part in this, and it's just, it just stinks that, you know, Andy has to shoulder the load right now. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe this is just a, port, a point that, you know, when the dust settles, they'll see what, what they have. But, you know, you look around the league, guys, too, and um, it's hard to find a viable starting quarterback that you trust week in and week out. I, I've always felt like Andy was that guy. You could trust I mean, he's accurate. He's going to go with the right place at the right time with the football. He's going to put your offense in, in the good uh, run-pass situations, you know, as far as audibles are concerned. Um, so it's hard. I just feel like now you're taking a step back if, if you're the Bengals, um, and they really need to figure out, you know, where do they go from here? Former Bengals quarterback Bruce Gradkowski is our guest. You studied Ryan Finley before the draft. What did you think? I liked him. I actually did like him coming out because I felt like his timing and his rhythm, his footwork, he kind of had it already. You could tell he understood progressions and just how your feet match up with throws. And I think that just puts him ahead of the curve. I mean, you look at a guy like Drew Locke, he's, he's really not ready to play yet because of those things, the timing and the footwork. And I think for Finley, it, it helped tremendously getting to watch Andy for how many weeks already and getting to learn from him because you learn so much by sitting back and watching. And I thought Finley had a pretty good preseason. You know, he made some plays that, you know, were impressive. There's some times that maybe he held onto the ball too long or in the pocket awareness, and you have to protect the football in the pocket. You see these young guys. I mean, Gardner Minshew, he hasn't thrown many balls to put in harm's way, but when he takes sacks in the pocket, he's fumbling. You can right. at least count, you know, at least one fumble a game Minshew's going to have in the pocket. Same thing with Kyle Allen. So these young guys have a tendency to not realize the pressure that the pocket brings. It collapses fast. Guys around you swiping at the football, so it's not easy. But as a whole, I liked Finley as a quarterback. I liked his feet, his his footwork, his timing rhythm. I think he has the right type of accuracy, and he he has enough arm strength. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, given this opportunity. So without A.J. Green, John Ross, two guys on the outside stretching the field, the Bengals were playing offense in a closet. They were in a box. You know, everybody's pressing the line of scrimmage, loading up. Joe Mixon has more guys in the box they can block. And, you know, they're saying, yeah, we can cover your guys. We don't need extra people. We're going to load up and make, you know, you throw it to beat us. And, and the, the, right. the major weapons are, are out. And then Andy's starting to get hit. And, and he's, you know, there's not windows out there. And Andy's clock changes. And, you know, people are like, oh, the dude's shell-shocked. What is it like as a quarterback when you find yourself in that situation? You know, you're, you're, you're throwing. You're never able to transfer your weight. You're not, your mechanics start to suffer because of all that we just, you know, just laid out there. What's it like? How, how hard is it to fight through that? 
Yeah, no, it, it's real tough because it happened to me in Oakland. You know, when I took over for Jamarcus Russell, I kind of tended to, you know, sling it from the back back yep. foot and, yep. and sling it sidearm because you're always used to that pressure in your face and you're trying to just get the ball out uh, without taking a sack. So your, your, your technique and fundamentals go out the window because now you're just kind of trying to survive and trying to make the play the best you can. So it's hard. Then when you get a good clean pocket, you're sitting back there and you look like you're antsy and throwing off your back foot when you have all this time. Yep. But that hasn't necessarily been the case. I mean, like like I said, I mean, Andy's taken the most sacks so far this year, has the most drop passes. So things have definitely not been working in his favor now. Look, you guys know a lot of, you know, some of those sacks too aren't just on the offensive line. You know, a lot of things playing a part. Was Andy holding the ball a little too long? Did Andy drift too far outside, you know, the integrity of the pocket or, you know, that kind of stuff. But the majority is protect, being able to be protected. You know, running backs picking up their blitzes and knowing who to block, a lot of that goes into it. So I just think there's a lot right now in Cincinnati. I'm, I'm trying to digest it all. I don't know how you guys are doing it. Not very well. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing from my mouth every night. No digestion. <laughs> <laughs> couple more questions for former Bengals quarterback Bruce Gradkowski. You have been in Ryan Finley's shoes. As a rookie in Tampa Bay back in 2006, you took over during the season when Chris Sims got hurt. What advice would you give Ryan Finley? I think you just, you just have to execute the offense. You know, I was given a few opportunities, you know, especially my first one in Tampa as a rookie. I started 11 games. And, you know, I had a good preseason, and then once the season started and I took over, I, I played a good few games, and then I started thinking too much. Now you're trying to be perfect. Now you're trying to please the coach. Oh, right. you know, what's, Gru- what's Gruden want me to do? I know what I should do, but what's he want me to do? Instead of, you know, just trust yourself. I, told, I talked to Mason Rudolph before the Monday Night Football game, and I told him, I said, look, man, if there's anything you could do, just trust yourself. Trust yourself in between those white lines. Trust what you see out there. You can grade the film tomorrow. You could get coached tomorrow. But trust what you're seeing out there and just play decisive because the worst thing you can do as a quarterback is play indecisive, and I see that a lot with young quarterbacks. If you pick the wrong side and you weren't supposed to work that side, work the heck out of that side and just stick to it and just get after it and try to find a completion because you'll tend to – try to flip to the other side. Now you're throwing a hitch late and it's going for a pick six the other way. So I think the most important thing is just try to play decisive and trust your preparation throughout the week and trust what you see on Sunday. Andy Dalton's future, you know, you, you, you just never know what right now. You know, I, I asked uh, Zach, is this a one game situation or is it? And he goes, no, you know, we're giving him the rest of the season. You, you got to give a young guy a chance but there's always injury. There's always – we know Andy Dalton's going to be ready to play. We know Andy Dalton will be right in there if needed to play as a backup. He's a little disgruntled because of the timing of the bye week uh, the Bengals had. It was it was trade deadline time, and, you know, he was hoping that he might have had a little more time to see what kind of um, interest there might have been out there in the NFL for him. What do you think his future holds? I mean, obviously the guy belongs in the National Football League. Do you think he ends up going somewhere else and starting? I'm not, I don't know. I guess I'm asking to be a soothsayer, but what's your opinion? What do you think might happen in the future? Yeah, I mean, I th- look, Andy Dolan is a good young quarterback. I mean, he still, he still has a lot of miles on that arm. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, 
I mean, what about the Bears? What if the Bears traded off for him? I just think Andy's a reliable player. It's hard to find a quarterback you can trust that's going to be accurate, smart, make the right decisions, put your offense in good positions. And he is. Now, he needs the pieces around him. I mean, he's not a Deshaun Watson that's going to run around, make plays, and Patrick Mahomes. He needs the talent around him. That's why I thought Chicago might be a good spot. Um, But, you know, we'll see how it unfolds. But I know there will be uh, definitely teams in the mix. He might be, you know, might end up being that guy like a Brian Hoyer was where you go to Cleveland. uh, They bring you in to compete with the young guy. And, um but he will have an opportunity again. I just think Dalton's too smart of a quarterback. He's too reliable. Um, who knows out there in Oakland if it's a good fit with John Gruden and him matching up in that system that you know yeah. Andy was a part of um, with Jay Gruden back in right. the day. So right. you, you just never know. But I think Andy has still a lot of good football left in him, and I hope mentally he's handling this, this the right way. He's a true professional, so I know he is. He's going to support Finley. But, guys, you know, I mean, it, it's tough, man. It's tough when you get benched, and now you're sitting on the sideline watching it. It happened to me, you know, it, my rookie year. You asked me about, you know, advice for Finley because I took over for Chris Sims, started 11 games, and then advice for Andy because in that same season I got benched for Tim Rattay, you know, going into the, the, the 12th start. Um, so you see both sides of it. So it's a whirlwind, man. you got to handle those ups and downs. Um, but Lap, you know that that's what this game's about. Our thanks to Bruce Gradkowski, and that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. Those five-star ratings help more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horn, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.